Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We are coming to you with a sort of special edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We were going to take, you know, a couple days off between preseason games and because it's such a long season. But then uh, after um, two straight losses to the Dallas Mavericks, Giannis uh, of the Milwaukee Bucks decided to sign his Supermax offer for a record-breaking $228 million. And that effectively was one of the that was probably the most well-known interested uh, party were the Maver- Dallas Mavericks and then the, the Miami Heat. And with uh, Giannis off the table, Josh and I thought uh, we should talk a little bit about it. Josh, how are you? I'm good. I'm as energized as I've been about the Mavericks because nothing gets me more fired up than when another team takes the keys away from them and they can't drunkenly drive home. Let's talk about them. Like, like, <laughs> let's just kind of hit on that in, in the nutshell because okay. it's, it's been kind of funny. I, I've... Um, I'm getting tagged in like some hilarious, uh, you know, what would happen if the Mavericks went for James Harden and lots of people are like, go to Kirk's Twitter account to see him like losing his mind. And during all that, it kind of put me down the path of some of the really bad chases that the Mavs have gone on over the years. The worst was 2016, where they, they ended up with Harrison Barnes as a consolation prize after like the Mike Conley and, um, white side debacle. Like it was just ugly. Um, and so, you know, it, it's it's funny that you talk about taking the keys away because when the Mavericks right now, like we should be, and we are really, really excited about the season ahead and having this uh, sort of taken off the, the talking points list really frees us up to talk about the Mavericks as they are. Yeah. And if these two preseason games are anything to go by and, you know, once again, disclaimer, preseason, 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 you know, it's not real, but it's, you know. This is all we can go off so far. I mean, this team looks pretty fun. Team looks pretty damn fun. It looks like last year's team with better talent, which is kind of what they did in the offseason. They got three draft picks that were fairly highly regarded. They got Josh Richardson, who seems so far like the legit third best player that they kind of needed when you look at how last season went. And this could be a really special season with or without a huge mover acquisition. And it's just nice that we don't have to think like, regardless of if Giannis signed the extension or not, and if they chased him or not next summer, the Mavericks are in a place where they finally don't need that chase to pay off for them to be mm-hmm. a contender because they're a mm-hmm. contender right now. So the fact that they're, we still kind of have to cover the rat race of free agency when you know it made more sense uh before Luca because that was the only path to contention because we didn't know Luca was possible that was a pipe dream and we didn't know when the Mavericks were going to decide to tank or not like you know in the in the 2016 2017 area um so like that was the way like you know there was no other path in 2014 with the way the team was laid out they had to try to sign someone like they don't have to do that anymore obviously i would like them to spend their money and and get as much talent as possible but man the the team is so good as is right now that it's that's kind of that's the story that should be the story right yeah yeah and and you said something that i think is very important the Mavs really do have to spend the money this off season. <laughs> yeah, they um, do. this is the last year that they will have before uh, Luca money kicks in uh, the, the following year. Cause he's, he's on pace. You know, if, if these two games are any indication um, and I've been thinking about this, like, even though like, like chubby Luca still looked preposterous 
like just like a world beater. And so he's probably going to make, you know, be voted in as an all-star starter. And if the, the, you know, uh, there's a little confusion about this, but I'm fairly certain that means he qualifies for the Rose rule, which would mean his rookie extension is going to be North of $200 million for five, like five years. On to, you know, it's, it's because it would tack on to the, the last year. It's basically a four year extension. Um, or no, is it, I don't know. It, it, it's a ton of money is the answer over a long period of time. And the Mavericks then would have to figure out um, they really wouldn't be able to do anything other than the trades at that point, because you hope that they go over the cap to sign Luca. Anyways, with that, with that sort of space that they have this off season, they really do need to fill it with guys, which I uh, being a morbid, terrible person got on uh, the, the spot track free agency tracker and looked at both player options that are available for next year um where you know you, you don't really know what's going to happen with the guys and then true unrestricted free agents and the the only guy that i could really see like the top 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 mega tier guy of player option dudes would be maybe Kawhi leonard with with what happens there in um uh, los angeles he might opt out and become a free agent uh drew holiday could theoretically do the same thing but he just signed with um he, or he just got traded to the Bucks, and the Bucks are probably going to be pretty good. Spencer Dimwitty has looks like a guy who who is probably going to opt out just because he's a much better player than the 11 million. Josh Richardson, current Maverick, Norman Powell, like there's a few guys that are out there, but they're not like world beaters. They're not guys that you go, okay, this is why we have a max cap slot, right? So yeah. that then made me pivot to to unrestricted free agents and unrestricted free agents. The and it's and it's taking a look at like the most expensive guys this year. The list is just a riot. Like Otto Porter Jr., uh, Rudy Gobert, who's probably going to come to some sort of agreement. Weird fan favorite Andre Drummond. It's like a really really lengthy list, and I've been pouring through and like trying to figure out if there's actually anyone that the Mavericks could sign from this list. And I have like some of the the one that I have have focused in on just as I think it would be really funny, but also he's actually a very good basketball player is the Lakers, Alex Caruso, who's like a six, six, you know, just like power guard. Um, He is somehow 30 years old, which is uh, bananas to me, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of looking at, at the options. And so the Mavericks will have the ability to fill in talent, but unless they make some sort of like trade acquisition during the season, free agency is not filled with like marquee guys next year. Yeah. And Kirk, you know what I loved about your entire spiel there and how you kind of ran down a list? Uh, there was, it was options. Like you went mm-hmm. through a lot of options. And yep. how nice is it that the Mavericks have options now because they don't have to earmark a max contract for Giannis? Because like, let's be real, if you didn't sign that extension, you know, if a, if a deal comes by their table, you know, it makes the moves that they have available to them a lot more restrictive because in the back of their head, they have to be like, well, we have to have this money for Giannis because it's still a chance. And mm-hmm. now that it's not a chance anymore, I mean, they can go after any of the guys you just said. There's the trade deadline, I feel like, is going to be way more open for them now than it would have would not have been if Giannis right. had not signed his extension. Like, you know they had a bunch of money saved for Giannis and they, they don't, you know, they got to spend it now. And yeah. they, what are they waiting for? Like, I, I don't know. I think it frees up the team to be so much more creative in upgrade paths and mm-hmm. it doesn't lock them down into a narrow road or, or a path that might prevent them from accessing other options. And now I know that, you know, that there is always, they always are able to pivot even when they chase stars, but you know, it's just nice that like, 
if the trade deadline passes and the Mavericks are quiet, you know, now we know it's not going to be because, well, they were saving room for Giannis. It's going to be, well, they didn't find, you know, there's other, it just, it just mentally makes me feel more at ease knowing that they aren't locked into doing one thing or at least trying to do one thing. Um, And that's freeing in a way. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm, I am a renewed soul today because the Mavericks just opened up, uh, opened up the wallet and then sense of like, they can kind of do whatever they want now. Like they don't have to give money to Giannis. They can do whatever. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not really interested in pining for Bradley Beal and things like that. There's just an, I've been thinking a lot about how I consumed basketball when I was in high school and back into like probably midway through my college, you know, just career when there was just less news, there's less stuff. And, you know, you found out about free agency signings. Like, maybe if you were, like, a diehard and you were on the DallasBasketball.com forums. But if you weren't, you found out about it, like, a day later on ESPN. Like, that was sort of it. Like, I was trying to remember how the Mavericks signed Jason Terry. And I honestly it just isn't competing. There's nothing in my head with this. And so, I, I part of what I was really enjoying about Luka's rookie season was how the the Chris Depp's Porzingis trade really came out of nowhere. Like, there was no discussion. It just occurred. And mm-hmm. I, I, as much as I know people really love the waiting game for trans uh, for transitional basketball uh, or transactional basketball, rather, excuse me, um, the fact that we're just going to be able to enjoy basketball. And I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people like a lot of our, our friends and colleagues like talking trades, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do on the court and then trying to to figure out how they improve from there. Because when we watch these two preseason games, like the guys have been good. And I can see a lot of paths for them within that, you know, these these short bursts of rotation where it's like mad scientist Rick Carlisle finally gets super talented team with variety of options. Oh, boy, what can he do? Like, that's just really interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's it, like I said, I, I can't repeat it enough. It's just freeing. It's just it's very nice uh, to not have to worry about that and not have that almost being like a cloud hanging over your head and i'm not going to despair you know people that wanted Giannis that are disappointed like I get why. Every, yeah you have every right to be disappointed you know i do not blame you for thinking like this is the, this was going to be the one because you know quite frankly the mavericks have not had a pitch as good as they have right now with luca and Kristaps and the future that they have so I, I get it but just for me the way i'm wired i'm just not wired that way and it's just it's just nice um now i know you wanted to talk about uh, some of the stuff we were talking about in Slack right before we got on. You want me to? Do you yeah, want me kick to kick us off? What were we talking about? <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, <laughs> just like you said, like where are they going to go now? Like who are they going to give this money to? Because they have to give this money to someone. Like this is, I, I think I saw on Twitter, uh, someone was like, "Well, they might just do more cheap deals and, and punt the cap." Like there's no more punting the cap space because, uh, like Kirk mentioned, that huge Luca extension is coming, and when you have that Luca extension kick in with with uh, KP's contract, creating as much room as they're going to have uh, next year is going to be very, very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they, they need to do something there. Um, so we were kind of running down names, and Otto Porter got brought up, and I think uh, you and me and uh, Ian uh, in our, on our staff, we all agreed he's a good fit, although there's been some kind of your favorite word, chicanery, around uh, his offseason uh, in terms of not following team protocols with uh, COVID stuff, and then wh- what does that mean? Um, he would be a good fit, but he's had, he has the health and health concerns. Uh, I'll go down my, like, if I had to make like a bold prediction, if I may, Mm -hmm. um, if I had to guess, 
if the Mavericks are like, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but if, if the Mavericks do end up giving big, big money to one player next year, my guess is, is Vic, I want to put money down. Like as a, if I was a gambling man on Victor Oladipo and not necessarily cause I'm a big fan. I'm just trying to kind of see the future in a way. And I could see a scenario where, you know, this is the last year of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract. Um, he was fantastic last season. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, but it was one season. And it, he really has to have kind of another prove-it season, I think, to earn the money that he wants to earn. Yep. And, you know, there's no guarantees. Maybe he does because maybe, you know, the Mavericks really unlock something with him. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that he kind of slumps a little bit. Not like a disaster, but just not at the rate that he was last season. Like what if he trends back down to more of like a 35%, 36% three-point shooter, just, and which is enough, like it's enough to make him just a least effective when you consider that he is kind of a one-way player and his defense uh, isn't really something you can count on, even though, you know, he has given some improved effort. He's just not, you know, he's just not a good defender. So, and the fact that uh, Hardaway was a throw-in for, the, like he's a KP tax, so I don't, I don't know this. This isn't like sourced or anything, but I'm assuming that the Mavericks don't have a like attachment to Tim Hardaway Jr. Like they would a Maxi or Dorian or Dwight uh, or Brunson, you know, something, Mm -hmm. someone like that, who they, they molded. Uh, Hardaway Jr. was never part of the plan. He was just like, okay, we got to take him to get KP. We'll, we'll do it. Um, So if he slumps, I could see them being like, okay, like I could see them wanting to upgrade that spot with Oladipo. And I can see Oladipo having a good enough and healthy enough season to where he reaffirms the Mavericks that they can pursue him, but maybe not enough to make him a big, shining uh, prize for the other teams in the league. I can just picture in my head the Mavericks signing him uh, and having the press conference and Mark Cuban saying um, that they cannot believe that he was available. Talents like this don't leave teams very often. We jumped all over it because the Mavericks, uh, you know, I'm – not trying to be too mean here, but I think they definitely love <laughs> the perception that they are the smartest guys in the room. And sometimes right. they are. I mean, yeah. dude, they got Luke and KP, man. So they're, they're obviously doing a lot right. right. Uh, I can just, it, it's just like a, something I can imagine. Not necessarily saying I want that, but I could see them putting in, like, kind of banking some faith into Oladipo returning to form. Cause I think the Mavericks really believe in their organization and their culture to turn guys around and get the most out of them. So I could, I could see that being like their big money uh, purchase next year. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense to me. I'm, I'm very interested on what occurs kind of within the trade market because this season is going to be such a grind. And from when you hear like the, the NBA experts and news, like kind of news uh, aggregator, you know, your Windhorst, your low and Simmons, Bill Simmons, people like that. It seems a lot like one of the big things for this coming season is that a lot of teams are already looking ahead to 21-22 and just kind of want to survive this one and make some money. Or in the cases of teams that are really not good, look to jettison salary. Uh, and, and so there's there's really some some interesting things that are like potentially on the horizon for the NBA season as a whole. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm perhaps I'm just high off of you know preseason supply, so to speak. <laughs> but I, I think the Mavericks are going to be a a very competitive, um, a very competitive night in night out team in a in a in a season that isn't necessarily going to feature lots of teams like that. Um, which which you know it it just it's 
there's just a lot going on right now. So it's, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of what the possibilities are. And, and, you know, this kind of takes us back to like what I was saying earlier in the sense of like our core fandom is related to just enjoying basketball at some point in time, it got to be about the, you know, fantasy general managing and, you know, enjoying kind of the transactional nature of basketball more than like watching a team come together and things like that. And this year, uh, we're just going to see, you know, a lot of basketball, like the, the, the free agency storylines. Like I was joking today online that ESPN is already trying to work to figure out how to get Luca out of Dallas, but they don't really have that. <laughs> like they don't really have that option for like four to five more years. So I don't know. This is uh, this is pretty exciting. I feel I feel, you know, it's, it's nice to head into the season, just like feeling very bullish, not only about um, not only about like like the Mavericks, but just kind of like basketball in general. Yeah, I agree. It's just, I know this isn't like trying to like, I know people, you know, we are the, we have been branded as the curmudgeons of, <laughs> of the Mavericks circle. Mm-hmm. But like, I know like people are like, ah, oh, of course you guys are happy that Giannis signed because the Mavericks can't sign anyone. And while a, I mean, there's, there's history. I could, there's history there, but I won't go into that. Sure. But B it's, it's just more about, I just like having the options open. I like that this season is going to be focused on how good this Mavericks team can be with a lot of interesting new pieces. And then I like the fact that they can do anything they want now because they don't have to save it for Giannis. Like that's just exciting to me. I just like having that option open uh, and it makes it more fun to to watch. Cause like you hit the nail on the head about that KP thing. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Like it was it, like all of a sudden KP is meeting with the Knicks. All, all of a sudden now he want, he's demanding a trade. Then you get the teams and Dallas is not on the teams on his list. And then boom, he's traded to the Dallas. <laughs> like that's not going to shock me if they do another one of those moves closer to the trade deadline this year where we just don't hear anything. And then bam, they, they do something. And that yeah. was only going to be possible with, if they took the honest option away. Like, so I'm no, it's just, it's, I'm excited. Well, that's about all I really wanted to hit on. There's not and there's not been, you know, anything that's occurred between last night and tonight that's like specifically Mavericks related. Um you know, other than I, Luca I, acknowledges that he's fat. Yeah, which is pretty incredible. Um <laughs> he's uh, a smart guy. He's a, he's a smart guy and he was I've really been thinking about his three-point shooting and I'm just like <laughs> it, 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 this is even kind of real. Holy cow. Um, because the Bucks are a good defensive team. That's right. Yeah, I, that's what I'm really thinking about. I I suspect that they don't play anybody versus the Wolves because um, the Timberwolves have been putrid in mm-hmm. preseason, even with their starters. So you know we're probably done seeing Luca for a bit. So that that game will be fun on Thursday. But you know this is really kind of the last chance for folks to rest up before they see basketball, uh, Mavericks basketball every dang night. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Oh, and tiring, but awesome. Oh, yeah. We're going to have fun. Well, guys, this has been uh, Kirk and Josh, you know, talking real quick about uh, the Honest Trade and what this means for the Mavericks. Thank you so much for, you know, joining us once again. We're uh, seeing quite the uptick in listenership, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Um, as always, like, share, subscribe, um, you know, leave us five stars. Those sorts of things are very important uh, in, in terms of, of getting our, our podcast name out. You know, we're not quite as popular as some of the other mavs podcasts but uh, our goal is to provide people with what they'd like to hear so long as josh and i get to complain now and then um <laughs> this has been <laughs> kirk henderson and josh bow with mavs moneyball after dark and we will talk to you after the wolves game